Get Up Nation. I hope you're enjoying the Get Up Nation podcast on www.anchor.fm. As a podcast host on over 20 platforms, I really enjoy how easy it is to use Anchor, how Anchor makes everything I need available in one place for free, accessible on your smartphone or desktop computer. Go to www.anchor.fm now. In case you didn't know, Anchor has creation tools that allow you to record and edit each episode. If you're concerned about the distribution of your hard work, don't sweat it because Anchor takes care of that too. If you're considering becoming a podcaster, I would highly recommend Anchor as your choice to begin sharing your content with the world. Get Up Nation. My name is Ben Biddick. I am the creator and host of the Get Up Nation podcast, where I serve individuals, organizations, and societies to develop and sustain resilience and perseverance. I'm the co-author of Get Up, The Art of Perseverance with former Major League Baseball player and CEO of Lurong Living, Adam Greenberg. The Get Up Nation podcast is brought to you in partnership with GotYour6Coffee.com where Navy veteran Eric Hadley is committed to serving first responders, veterans, and their families through a variety of nonprofit organizations. No stranger to adversity, Eric has fused necessity of coffee with his passion for public service. You're already purchasing coffee. Why not empower your coffee with purpose? Why not purchase coffee that not only has your six, but also has the backs of those who don a uniform of service for our communities and great country. Learn more about Eric and his freshly roasted award-winning coffee at gotyoursixcoffee.com. Welcome to this episode of the Get Up Nation podcast. Recently, I had the honor and privilege of speaking with Robin Spiesman. She's the author of the new book called Loving Out Loud from New World Library. Robin is an award-winning New York Times best-selling author and popular keynote speaker who has appeared in the media for over three decades, including on NBC's Today Show more than 30 times. Robin has described the mission behind her new book as an opportunity to build a good life one day at a time. She encourages people to catch yourself or someone else doing something wonderful and take notice. Slow down enough to connect with your caring and generous heart. Keep your words kind and your actions selfless, gracious, and accountable. In a time when life is happening at the speed of light, Robin helps us slow down and take some time to connect and be in awe of that light. Robin, thank you for joining me on the Get Up Nation podcast. I, I am I'm so excited to get up and, and thumbs up to you, Ben. This is going to be an exciting hour. All right. All right. I enjoyed reading your book here. Certainly, we're facing tremendous challenges in our lives, and often positive messages are viewed as soft or unimportant when emotionally we're carrying heavy burdens. How important is it for people to be intentional about noticing the good around them and contributing to it? It's truly one of the most powerful things we can do. Would you agree? I would agree, Ben. And why I wrote Loving Out Loud, The Power of a Kind Word, is because while we all know that if we join, you know, kind of a mission of kindness, we slow down, we, we share a kind word or thought, we dismiss negative thinking, we're more positive, you know what happens? Our day goes better. And someone else's life is enlightened by a moment, and then they believe it. And so all this good starts going around. Loving Out Loud is a little book with a big message that, yes, Ben, you have the power. We all have the power to make a positive impact on someone's day every day. 
and it's not nearly as hard as anyone thinks. So I think that's the simplicity of the message. But it is a big undertaking as we move forward and break some old habits. Hmm. Yeah, and I'd like to focus on the out loud concept of your book. It's important for us to say the words to take the actions so that we can connect with other human beings in positive ways. And that takes bravery uh, and insight into human interactions. So for those who desire more kindness in their life, more connection, more joy in their lives, how can your book help us to be effective in spreading that positive connection? So I think that what you, what, how you just kind of framed that was so important, the out loud piece. What does it really mean? Well, first of all, loving doesn't just mean love in the sense of the romantic sense. What it means is that we live our life on, on purpose, certainly, but we also live our, our feelings in a productive way out loud. So we look at what is the ripple, what's the vibration, what is the message we put in the universe? Are we too busy and I don't have time for you? Or do we really sit and listen? to someone else who might be even repetitive or redundant, who might not express themselves in the best possible way always? Are we listening and giving them a chance? Because what happens when we start dialoguing, we, we start communicating and we don't rush through, oh my goodness, I've got to be somewhere at 10 o'clock and then I have to call Ben and then I need to do this and that and this and that and I'm way too busy. We slow down and we express our feelings out loud. Hi, I'd love to talk to you later. I'm able to talk after three o'clock today. I can't wait to talk to you and I look forward to it. So let's talk after three. I hope you have a wonderful day. It's very different than that hurried language of emoticons, which are so quickly changing the way we communicate. And we move from rapid fire emoticons to emoting. Simple words, they take seconds. And we live a better life. We change our to-do list then to a to-love list, and we recognize the power of love in every moment throughout our day. It really does change and brightens even the toughest days on earth. Yeah, to be impacted by the concept of love like that in a world where oftentimes our relationships are not as resilient as we'd like them to be, to embody that sense of love instead of just checking things off the list and not being emotionally available, that does put a different perspective on everything we experience. And it really walks us into being more connected with our families. And that's what I love. There's different sections in your book. You talk about children, how to raise them in a way where they're kind. We have a chapter where it talks about really letting our partner experience a sense of feeling loved and appreciated and valued. And I can't wait to talk more about each of these sections. But I would like to ask first, what advice do you have for those who may not be very articulate or who have a difficult time expressing themselves verbally? What are some ways, nonverbal, that they can share their appreciation for others other than the speaking route? What's really amazing about the power of one, how each one of us can make an impact, we can get more love in our lives and be loved in the manner in which we wish to be loved. This is an amazing thing, and the story begins with my own life. I married a gentleman eight years ago, an incredible man, and he's a man of a few words. He married a woman of many words, right? 
So he asked me for our first Valentine's Day, what did I want as a gift? And I'm a gift-giving expert. You know, I can rattle off a list of the best gifts that can't miss and put a smile on anyone's face. And I recognized that year after losing both of my parents over the last five years and the importance of what does it really mean to, to be loved and to love. So I said, you know what this year I want? I said, how about if every morning you pick a few kind words and you say them for the rest of my life? Like, let's start. Even this year, even this month, you decide. So he said, okay, I'm going to give you a year. Every morning I'm going to say, good morning, beautiful. And this is a man of a few words. So I'm like, that works beautifully. Every morning he started, good morning, beautiful. Like this morning, I have a post-it note. It says GMB, good morning, beautiful. I know just what it means. But he has left post-it notes now by the coffee machine, the cereal. He's learning how to share a compliment. He understands, well, this seems so simple. It's not rose-colored glasses. It's not false sincerity or flattery. It really is a basic human kindness. We're called humankind for a reason. Mm. So I think that the out loud piece of this is not to be boisterous, not to be invasive, not to not have boundaries in life. And of course, there are things a book can't always solve. But what this book invites you to consider is a path, a new path to connecting with individuals on a more thoughtful, maybe generously spirited way where you slow down enough to learn their name, uh, give some feedback, think about how can you brighten their day and recognize that is the ultimate gift. Love that. And that kind of brings into one of the things I've been thinking about here is one of the sections of your book I like a lot. It focuses on how you can really invest in your relationship with your partner. Often the person we spend the most significant amount of time with can feel taken for granted Uh, Sometimes we aren't the best at communicating with them how much we care about them and how much we appreciate them. What can we do to deepen our connection with our partner and to really help them have a sense of how much we value them? It's it's a really critical comment because as we all understand the idea of uncoupling and growing apart from someone or needing, needing validation, appreciation. These all seem like pretty basic things, but, but what starts to happen are patterns and habits. And I think the first thing is to really think about, are you ready to love out loud? And what does it really mean? Do you crave feeling words of appreciation, validation? And on the flip side, How do you share your feelings? Are you focused on the dishwasher not being emptied or the clothes on the floor? And how do we go about, in a loving manner, kind of work on things that seem pretty obvious and like it should happen, but we have to go back to remembering that you have to meet someone where they're at. And if you really want to be loved out loud and love your partner out loud and create a deeper bond, rules and, you know, making someone do this, it's not going to work. So it's a choice. So let's begin with recognizing the only person you control, you can inspire and change are your own duties. And with that, you know, we just can't snap our fingers and make our partner love us out loud overnight. So it's really not transforming an introvert also into an extrovert really no way to predict or promise the outcome, but if you begin it today 
and you start with some some dialogue and communication. I've seen how the power of kindness and loving someone out loud can really work wonders. So you really have to look at yourself, your loving out loud language. How do you respond? Do you think about someone in the middle of the day? Are they going through a, an important meeting? How what was the outcome of it? Were they rushed this morning and they left their lunch at home? What time is dinner and can we sit down and you know turn the TV off? And I'd love to hear about your day. All these little teeny things start to begin a new dynamic. And you have to say to yourself, I have permission to ask for the love I want, but I have permission to start to look at myself and think about my loving out loud ability and language. So Ben, I'll say to you, what speaks to you? Words seem to flow easily. What's that like for you? I'm very visual. I focus a lot on words that are being said, so I'm auditory in that sense, really pay attention to a lot of language. And when somebody clearly communicates with me, that's something that is special for me. So those moments, like, so you're very aware. You're aware of yourself. You're aware of what you need. So you're there, and everyone listening, maybe you weren't, raised to emote, maybe that wasn't expressed to you. You define yourself today. We all have these stories from the past, but you must look at today. Today's a bright, open day where the possibilities are endless. And marriage counselor David Woodsfellow and his wife Deborah wrote a book called Love Cycles, Fear Cycles, and he really talks about in my book, I, I had a really important quote from him with, with true gratitude to David and Deborah Woodsfellow. I say, he said, kind, loving words are one of the easiest way to create a love cycle in your relationship. It's a great idea to go first. Don't wait for your partner to start. Say some kind, loving appreciation or endearment to your partner. And then he went on to say, I like to do this every time I see my wife. If your partner responds kindly and lovingly, the two of you have just created a good moment. And in a quality relationship, Ben, you want to see as many of those little moments as possible because it feels good. And that's the way to enjoy life more together is to be aware of those little moments we replay in our minds, what someone says to us. When my husband read the book, it was so funny, Ben. I was like autographing these books and all these individuals were buying the book. And it was like, whoa. And my husband said, where's mine? And I'm like, oh, oh, the book's dedicated to you, of course. And I said, sweetheart, what an obvious thing. You'd think the author of the book that dedicated it to you would be giving you the book first. So the book was on. I put it on the bedstand and I said, but I, I, I now recognize and he started reading it, and I'm like, sweetheart, we're late. We were supposed to go out to dinner. He said, but I'm busy. I'm reading your book. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa. So he said to me something was important. From his point of view, he was like, this sound, he said to me, I was so scared it sounded like I was preaching, and that's not what I wished to do because this book really wrote me. It's a story of dozens of people and amazing relationships that grew deeper and friendships that grew healthier and stronger People began to speak up in more kind ways, getting to be understood better. And so he said to me, this looks really logical. And I'm like, ah, my literal husband gets it. <laughs> it looked logical. So it sounded like, well, this should be what everyone does, being considerate. Hmm. Ah, ah, it is such a simple concept, but so difficult for some of us to do. So right now, Ben, 
in this in this hour together, you know, get up, nation. Like how amazing is that concept about resilience? We're we're resilient when we have a hard day, we have a difficult time, we have adversary, tragedy, trauma, stress. And when we can stop and recognize how much of that do we bring to everyone around us and how's it working for you. Take a deep breath and and notice something right in your day. The day gets a little brighter. It doesn't mean it will cure all grief and losses. But as I grieved my loss of my own parents then, I realized so much love was poured into me. If I gave that a shot and started pouring it back into the world somewhere, I thought there could be a little bit of magic, and there was. And in their memory, somehow, I started to understand grief a little better. So it was just, it's been an amazing awakening for me, myself, and I. So it starts there. Awesome. I love that. And as you're describing a couple who are increasing their ability to share moments like these that you're talking about, to share these moments of kindness and love and appreciation, I think of the little ears in the room that also see this and, and how children are affected by by their parents' relationship with each other. And for them to see that love and respect and that have dedicated you know, their life to, to each other, how powerful and profound is that impact on the children who see that and learn healthy relationship experiences like that, knowing that they're formulating their own perspectives on relationship and will have their own in the future. How valuable is that to see that in the people who have gone before them? Well, it's the greatest example on earth is when they say you raise a kind child and put them in the world, that is human kindness. And it's what really matters in life. The end of our lives, I don't know that anybody's going to talk about all the, you know, there's there's certainly successes and accomplishments are grand, but people are left not with the successes and the accomplishments because they fade over time somehow. But how we're loved and made to feel by each other, that doesn't go away. That lives forever. And I think that's the snapshots in this book. There's a lot of LOLs, which are not laughing out loud, or lots of luck, which all those things are good, but it's loving out loud. So I'm adding a new dimension to LOL and asking everyone, let's let's redefine that. And as far as children go, there's a chapter on raising kinder children, and I think it was one of the most profound chapters, because as a grandparent and a mother, I really believed that once children discover the joy of being nice, the response you get from friends, and they they wish to be around you and play with you. I was a former art teacher and a teacher. Kindness matters, and teaching kids to be a kinder finder, which is fun. It's like I spy. Like, it's, it's fun. Hmm. So then the goal in this book was to kind of be proud out loud and understand that when we make children be nice, it doesn't go really well. I read a lot of books with the psychologist and educational consultant, the Garbers, who are just brilliant with, with children's behavior. And this book really is an extension of what I believe I've used in my own life to be more mindful of my actions. You know, are you always tired? Are you always, you know, are you not available? Are you stressed? So there's a kinder word list in this book. And when you read the dozens of words and see how are you added these, adding these words to your life and your family's life, uh, the word pleasant, 
How many? So there's this long list. It's unbelievable. Are you pleasant at home? Mm. Are you sensitive at home? Are you generous? Are you giving? Mm. Are you well-meaning? Are you sympathetic? Are you empathetic? And so there's a whole list. And if your household is filled with hurry up, stop that, don't do that, you know, leave your sister alone, pick up your clothing. Well, all those things might be important, but there are lots of ways to express that to a child without them learning how to kind of turn, you know, a a non-listening ear. And so I'm excited about this book because I believe that when we pay attention to the little things, a lot of big things add up and children really start recognizing a kinder voice, slowing down. They start learning behaviorally what a good life looks like, even at a, as a four or five year old. And I love it. Kind of reminders, the way to go or put your kindness hat on. It's a lot more fun than hearing, be nice. Right. Say thank you. Right. So there you go. Yeah. So I, I'm excited about this book because I'm hearing feedback from teachers and parents and grandparents. It's just really exciting. But, but Ben, may I? Would you mind for one minute, Ben, if I just comment also on the book you wrote, sure. The Art of Perseverance, about Adam Greenberg, okay. who really defines in, in his life how to overcome adversity and persevere through challenges. See, everyone listening has some story, some challenge. And it was an incredible book. So congratulations to you. And it was really amazing of Adam to share his story. And it's really wow stuff. And all of us know someone who's or family, a member, or a friend who's gone through an enormous challenge. And in spite of that, they've chosen to still love out loud, live out loud, to push through those moments. And I think it's really... If we're all a sum of our experiences, like Adam says, what, what first began as a destroyer of his dream, and then it became this birth of something more powerful, isn't that what life is, the opportunity to redefine ourselves? Right. And in the simplest way, returning to be a kinder self to ourselves, right. look in the mirror and, and be loving and be supportive of, of that voice in your head. They deserve to hear someone who's at least encouraging them. Right. So, like, break it down and try not to be overwhelmed and just take one thing at a time. But but little bits of progress add up to an incredible life. Absolutely. Oftentimes we're very good at being kind to others, but we often can neglect ourselves and how important a part of our mental health and our growth, living life in a positive way, how important is it for us to to not uh, neglect the person in the mirror, to say kind words to ourselves, to uh, accept ourselves and to deal with the adversity that we're facing in an authentic way, be honest with ourselves, and that the love and the positivity and the, the connection with our own spirit, how that translates then into actions outward. One thing that intrigued me about the chapter you were talking about is giving children a kindness job. Will you share a little bit how a kindness job for children can help them in their pro-social development where they begin to truly understand the importance of valuing themselves and others? You bet. And that's a great question because I want to be very clear that this book, Loving Out Loud, The Power of a Kind Word, is about practical things you can do. And and the little things, they don't cost anything. So I'm going to give you an example that I'm pretty positive transformed my life, my daughters, and then affected 
probably millions of other parents. When our daughter, when Allie was three years old, she was my tag along. She was with me on my errands. I worked from home. I wrote books. And everywhere we went, I started noticing, gosh, there was all these people I'm thanking. And then I thought, well, what would that be like for Allie? Children need a job. So what is their job? To play? They're in the grocery store maybe to grab something off the shelf. To They're kind of bored. Their attention spans are growing. So I realized if I made Allie, now mind you, she's like three, three and a half. And she understood. So let's not underestimate children. She understood. I said, Allie, you are in charge of letting anyone know who does something nice what a good job they do. Hmm. And then, of course, when she was four, we, I named that the CEO of the thank you company. Oh, that's That great. is your job. And I made her a little desk at home. And she saw that I had a Rolodex in the year. <laughs> and then she saw my, all my addresses, and she wanted one of those. And then she wanted pens and pencils and a little pad. And so I made her a little desk next to mine. And I even said, you can be an author, you can write a book. And we just really started this like, okay, it wasn't like me creating a mini me. It wasn't that at all. It was, what can I do to improve our time together so that she's looking around noticing nice people? So we, and I said, Allie, and this is long before The Apprentice, I said, Allie, <laughs> anyone who does a nice job, why don't you hire them for your company? You know, mommy hires people, and she understood that people work for each other. So you hire them, you're the boss. And she loved that. She was in charge. So we'd be checking out the line, and little Allie, at age four, five, six, this went on quite a long time. She let people know they were hired, and they'd look at her and go, for what? And this little four- or five-year-old goes, I like the way you talk to my mommy. Thank you so much because you checked us out at the grocery line. The person at the grocery was like, you could have knocked them over with a feather. And so they'd say, thank you. And I'd say, Allie, won't you tell them about what we're doing? And she'd say, I am the CEO, which, by the way, stood for caring executive offer, but I she didn't really totally understand that at that age. And I said, she said, I'm the CEO of a thank you company, and you're hired. Well, the smiles started duplicating no matter where we were, what we did, where we went. My child at age five could have hired for a major corporation because she looked at when we were in the drive-through line, you know, at the at a fast food restaurant, like she knew what it meant to have a kind voice, to um, hand somebody their order um, with all the details, to say thank you. It was simple things. Mm -hmm. And then it got more complicated because if she saw someone doing a good deed, like in the parking lot, we'd have to walk over there <laughs> and she'd hire them. And it was like crazy stuff, but it worked. And then my daughter, when I wrote a book about saying thank you, decided she'd write one too. And she started writing famous people all over the world. The founder of Walt Disney, she wrote the president of Harvard. She wrote so many people that were so famous in the world and said, who taught you to say thank you? And they wrote back how their day goes better when they thank their employees, they thank their friends. She even thanked a certain writer for writing a book, and he wrote her back and said, the funniest thank you ever got was a little girl said she couldn't read all my books that fast. Would I please slow down? But thank you for the writing the books. <laughs> and so I think the point is that when we make it fun, and of course I have probably in this book just dozens of ideas, but when we make it 
so enjoyable for children. They grow up and have a very thoughtful daughter who's just a phenomenal thank you note writer. But more than that, she truly expresses gratitude and it's helped her along the way to define how she wishes to be treated and she will treat others. And she's an incredible success as a human being. And I think we put so much focus on success that we have to go back to what does it mean to support humankind and be a kind human. You talk about how it's important for children to see how their words and actions affect other people and how you've described that so wonderfully here as you just did. It's powerful to see somebody who is getting used to this world that we live in, who is new to it, who is experiencing new things every day and then realizes the power within them to affect their environment and how profound that can be when they create something positive and receive that positive message back. It's a very affirming, encouraging and uh, confidence building when there are a lot of negative messages and a lot of people who do not feel as valued. What an amazing lesson that is for a new life on this earth to, to experience. Absolutely. It's raising resilient children. It's exhibiting what resilience looks like in the term of being kind. And being kind is a part of resilience because if someone is unkind to you or someone speaks ill or words that are not, they're, they're, they're difficult sometimes to hear. And we think about it. We digest it. We, we get in and think, what part of this is true? We respond more thoughtfully instead of a knee-jerk response. We're starting to recognize that everyone wishes to be loved, appreciated, respected. And those things don't just, you know, fall on your plate. If, if they have, you're very fortunate, but there's a reason that we attract in our lives things that we put out there. But you've said quite a few things about intention and at the end of the day it's our intention you know a friend is a gift you give yourself asking someone to be your friend children do it very easily will you be my friend mm -hmm. but grown-ups um you know are, aren't that clear about how do you ask someone to be your friend and so there was a neighbor i wanted to get to know and i had to say boy robin you, you put your word into actions you know love is an action so I, you know, called her and said, I'd love to get to know you better. What, them, what might that look like for you? Like, are you open to a new friend? Hmm. And she said, I am open to warm and loving friendships, and I would love to get together with lunch for you. We started it out on a way with, I asked, I asked for permission. I didn't assume anything. I didn't throw myself. I didn't stalk anyone. Like, and so it's a little awkward, and yet it works. So it's pretty clear that to make friends, volunteer for a cause so that there are like-minded actions that you enjoy. But people love out loud then differently. So one person might bake their love. One person might garden their love out loud as the flowers bloom. Um, my husband loves to get peaches at this certain time of the year when they're O. Henry's and they're beyond out of this world and drives to the farmer's market and knows the, he knows the, the gentleman selling them. The, and it's like, it's a major deal. And he, he delivers a few peaches to our friends and he, he reminds everyone that they're in season. It's second. They're beautiful, wonderful. Everybody's awakened by Ed's love of peaches and he talks about how to eat one mm -hmm. so you don't devour it you eat it slowly and enjoy it and listen Ben 
this is what loving out loud is. Everyone does it differently. Dancer, an artist, a musician, music is love, art is love. It's it's all around us. Mm. Writing is love. How do you do it, Ben? You do it obviously with your podcast, your mm. book, your radar, kind of a, appreciating people go through resilient, you know, transformations. But what do you do that loves out loud beyond just words and feelings. I love exploration. This world we live in um, is so multidimensional, multifaceted, and there's so many different people doing so many different things. And so one thing, I've worked in a lot of environments and a lot of service environments, and I've seen a lot of suffering. And so as I thought what message I would like to create for the world, what legacy I would like to give, is when I'm seeing so many people going through challenging times and suffering or going through things that are really disturbing, to give them that sense of resilience or to communicating to others their personal value, that there is no person identical to another person, that each person is unique. Their experience is unique, their trauma is unique, their skills, their talents, their insights, their personalities, each person is unique. So I love to explore this world and learn from people who have experienced profound things, learn profound lessons. And then I love to ease people's suffering by connecting them with others or by helping them gain insight into some of the troubling things they've experienced or to just communicate to them their personal value by sharing their journey or their nonprofit or their book or what they're exploring. I love to share that with others and then it just becomes an unending unfolding of connectivity, of positive messages, of helping people up who, who may be suffering or hurting. And we all are made better by each other uh, as we do this. That's kind of my process. So writing the words is one way for people to share an experience or to gain insight into something that they may not normally get in their regular sphere of influence and using internet technology to expose people from all these different uh, gamuts of, of society and, and all these different nations. Um, it's just a place of finding common ground, of helping people be resilient and doing that through communication in a variety of ways. Wow. So in the book, I have some samples of personal work ethics. I have samples of family missions a family that has done a mission statement, which is unbelievable. You should read it. Mm. But then you are living, you're making a loving, not just a living. It's what I call it in my book. You're making a loving, living a good life. We look up at our parents. We look around us at our friends and family, and we look down to the next generation. We, we're all in the, the lifting up business, aren't we? We're all trying to use our lives to inspire those we love and to be inspired by those we love. And so in your life, if you think about one person who made a difference, let's go back for just a minute. Who would you like to thank out loud today? And someone maybe you haven't connected with in a while Maybe they're on your to-love list and you just hadn't gotten to it. But who could you go back and thank? Whether they're alive or not, one memory, one thank you. Who is it? I guess I would go back and I would thank. It's hard to single it out to one person. But um, I think I would say... I guess I would say my mother for, okay. for giving me life and uh, 
for orienting me toward the value of people. Okay. So look at that. Whoa. Okay. So if I could go back in time, you know, and have an hour with my dad who had advanced Alzheimer's, he used to ask me to dance. Everywhere we were, he'd ask me to dance. And I was, like, shy about dancing. And now now you can't stop me from dancing. So please know I've grown through that. I think I would dance with him more. Mm. You know, like, I thank him for reminding me how important it is to dance, to live out loud, to remove our fear. And you said you thank your mother for how to value people. And that's just stunning. And of course, I didn't ask you to prepare that answer. And you just went back in your mind. Our minds are a reservoir of all the little things and people before us, near us, beside us, around us, who have given us messages. We play these messages, don't we? Mm -hmm. And we allow a lot of these messages to impact our lives. So if we start cleaning house and making more room for really good versus negative, positive versus negative, we can change our outlook and in a remarkable way and also lift up others. And I think that get up nation, like if we're going to get up, we have to stretch out a hand to ourselves, help ourselves get up. We might need to exercise more, get up. We might need to call a parent, forgive a friend, you know, we, get up, you know, just just remember, you can be right or you can be really um, happy, mm. you know. Yeah. So make some decisions sometimes to honor the value of people. Mm. And wow, can really thank your mother and your story right there, your answer. That thank you, that thank you spills over in this call to everyone listening, mm. the value of people. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. I really appreciate you here today and the research you did about me and what Get Up Nation is about. A kindness from you to me to have taken the time to really understand the platform. And it's such a, a vote of respect to the people in my audience that you took the time to care about them enough to tailor your message and your amazing book to their needs as they overcome things like cancer, poverty, uh, mental health challenges physical injury, all sorts of different things. Really appreciate you taking the time to do that and to give that gift to us. Well, I can honestly tell you it's um, it's easy. It's easy. It, you know, it's like, tell me to do something hard and we'll see how I do. <laughs> this is really easy. This is not easy for everyone. So it's why I wrote a book, is that we can all be some type of ambassador of love. Maybe you love pets, regardless of what you love. I hope that you'll take away from our time together, Ben, is that it's not about my standards, me being righteous, me being, oh, Pollyanna, and I'm going to go make the world a better place. It's like, in, in essence, I'd love to do that. I'd love to make the world a better place. But I have to make my world a better place. I have to start right here, right now. And then I have to think about each person throughout the day that I touch, strangers that I get, you know, that that come through. I'm in a car. Do I slam my horn because someone went in front of me or I realize maybe they have a really important place to go and they are not clear about that boundary just now? Instead of thinking the worst of times, consider the best of times. Right. 
um, instead of expecting the worst of times, focus on creating the best of times. So I think that the best of times are the times when we're at our best. And that, I think, is really the, the bottom line. The best of times are when we are at our best. We feel good about it. We notice that we maybe reserved a negative comment from coming out of our mouth. Maybe we took a deep breath and rethought something because how wrong could we have been? I saw a man judge a woman who was just constantly asking questions of a tour director and driving everybody crazy for a minute. And this man said to her, you've got to stop. This is disrespectful. You're taking our time. And then the woman, you could tell she was just heartbroken. She was in this little group of touring, touring around the country. And then this woman tells the story. She took the man aside. She didn't want to embarrass him. She didn't want to humiliate him. But she said, sir, I have a hearing disorder. It's extremely difficult for me to hear. And I apologize that I didn't hear the tour director correctly. Mm. Okay. So the man felt terrible. Right. We don't want people to have to feel terrible in this world, right? right? So if we're all thinking about about what's a kinder way he could have pulled her aside and said, can I help you? I noticed you really misunderstood a lot of the directions. Is there anything I could do so that we move along at a more rapid pace but, but help you? Can I do that for you? And look at how differently that little moment could have gone. So what are we doing in this world? You know, are we are we using hurtful words or helpful words? Mm. Um, and I think that's the bottom line here. Mm. Simple, simple. Yeah, it's not hard. Robin, I always end the show with six quick questions to help my listeners understand the why within my phenomenal guests. Are you willing to run through these six quick questions with me? Of course I am. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Who are you thankful for today? I'm thankful today for my husband, who was willing to read his wife's book. And apply an action, and he gave someone a compliment last night, and she looked stunned, and he smiled ear to ear. <laughs> now that we've covered who you're thankful for today, what are you thankful for today? Oh, I'm so thankful that my publisher agreed to publish Loving Out Loud, that people believed in the message, and I'm sitting here with you, with listeners right now who might inspire their children, and be more loving and accepting of others. How do you fuel the fire within you? Wake up every day and ask myself what I want my day to look like. At the end of the day, I ask myself, how'd you do today, Robin? Did you make anybody happy? Did you bring anybody joy? And did you check in on the people who needed to hear from you? What's one thing adversity has taught you to value? Adversity has taught me to value that if I take care of one day at a time, I will get through the adversity and that realizing it's not the end of the world and this too shall pass. What are you doing today you may have never thought you could? Exercise more. <laughs> okay, definitely. Um I've talked myself out of it a lot, and I recognize that in order to take good care of my brain, I went to a, a lecture yesterday at Emory University that Gail Hyman, who's an advocate for special needs children and adults, 
put on, which was stunning. In that lecture, the researcher said, your brain needs exercise for a healthy brain, for a healthy mind, that you must move and create more exercise in your life. And that was really, I got, I got a new answer for why I should exercise. And I loved it. So that's what, you know, yesterday I might not have been as devoted to this. Now I know move a little and then you'll move a lot, but start small. And then my last question, what will you do tomorrow that you may have never thought you could? Tomorrow, I continue to hope that I can impart my experiences and wisdom with the least possible words in the most profound way. So I never take up too much space in my corner of the world and I let everybody get a turn to talk so that I'm a good listener. I just want to keep being a good listener. I thought I could do this, but you have to kind of put a time on on yourself. And uh, I want to do that. I want to say less, deliver more, and accomplish phenomenally great things for others. Robin, it has been a profound honor for me to talk with you today. Really appreciate you coming on the show and writing your book and the investment you're making in creating the kind of world I think that we all would like to live in. So how can people learn more about you and your new book? My book, Loving Out Loud, The Power of Kind Word, is available through the internet online at Amazon.com and will be all over the universe. I'm so grateful. New World Library published it. NewWorldLibrary.com is a wealth of, of books and opportunities for self-growth and bettering the world. Very honored to be in their company. And then my website, Robin with a Y, Robin Spiceman, S-P-I-Z-M-A-N.com, easy to find. RobinSpiceman.com has loads of information about about who I am and what I write about and at the end of the day then you're a gift to what you're doing it takes a lot of work and I'm grateful for my time to like shine here but it goes right back on so thank you for this, this remarkable hour I'm going to be a better person because you're get, I'm going to get up right now I'm going to get up out of my chair and I'm going to start doing my little exercises and thank you today for this profound experience as well right back at you then thank you so much